Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Dental Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Arias. And in this episode, I'm speaking with a fantastic, fantastic doctor. But before we get to that, three things really quick, guys. If you haven't yet, download the free ebook, uh, 10,000 Patients Tested and Proven Methods to Bring in New Patients this week. Like I said, so much work went behind that. We went, worked all last year on this whole book. So definitely go check it out. It's free and it's tested. It's tested, guys, and it's proven methods, systems, strategies. Uh, we talk about ground marketing in there, so specific scripts. We share videos. It's an interactive uh, type of book, so you can watch videos, see the scripts, see uh, forms that you can download for insurance verifications and things like that because we also talk about insurance. We talk about Google Ads, everything in there. So go ahead and download that book. I'm going to put it in the show notes below. It's going to be the first link. Second thing, guys, don't forget to join the Dental Marketer Society Facebook group. Um, it's a free Facebook group, and we talk to all our guests on there. And at the same time, we also um, talk about the episodes that you listen to on the podcast in more detail. We share more strategies. We do a lot more in that Facebook group. So it's free. Only way you can get in is if you listen to the podcast. So if you're listening, then go ahead and go in the show notes below and join it. And third thing is, guys, the Dental Marketer University is live. So if you ever w wanted to be a part of the ground marketing course, now's the time. Like what a time to be alive because <laughs> you are a member of the Dental Marketer University. You pay like a membership fee, right? And not only are you a part of the ground marketing course, but you're a part of all these other courses that we continue to add. So we have courses in there about direct mails and postcards taught by Aaron Boone. We also have courses in there on how to drop, how to strategically drop PPO insurances. Uh, also, one about hybrid scheduling, right? How to make the most profit out of your schedule and so much more. Um, a lot of you guys have always wondered how you can kind of like work one-on-one -on -one with me. This is the way because uh, we also do have office hours, live office hours where I jump on with you guys, right? Are uh, the members and we discuss strategies. We discuss your struggles. If you're like, Michael, I'm trying to get into this apartment. I'm trying to get into this corporation and stuff like that. We sit there and we create plans and strategies together. So this is the way, if you guys want, it's going to be the third link in the show notes below. It's called The Dental Marketer University. I'm super excited about it, and um, we're going to continue to grow it. I'm excited to see you guys in there. But anyways, I want to talk about Dr. Ella Osborne. And I hear things like, oh, I'm so stupid. Or, oh my God, I can't believe I did this. I'm such an idiot. And it's silly stuff, you know, like mm -hmm. literally silly things. I can't even think of them. You know, I left my hat at home where I'm just saying that because I'm looking at your hat. Or like, I spilled coffee on my hat. And I'm like, God, I'm the worst person alive. Would you say that to your sister or to, to a friend, to somebody you care about? Will you have that reaction with somebody else? Or like, you know, once in a while, my treatment coordinator will like miss an email or like read really quickly and, you know, skips like three words that totally changes the, the content of, of whatever it is she's reading. And I'm pulling this out of, out of the thin air because that's not necessarily the example, but yeah. little stuff. Because it's when you put like all this crazy stress on yourself to be perfect, and then you fail because you're going to fail because nobody is perfect. The good things don't come from that. Mm. So be just as kind to yourself as you're going to be to other people. Forgive yourself faster because you're never going to be perfect. But if you get down on yourself for those imperfections always, then you're just going to create so much anxiety that you're going to get into a ball and never come out. So 
such a fantastic doctor. Her story is very, very interesting. She was an associate. Actually, we, we go a little bit further back and we discover why she decided to do um, or be, be an orthodontist. And it's very moving, um, especially when you are you feel vulnerable. Right. And then you feel like you can't smile. And so I can kind of relate a little bit to uh, Ella, but she eventually got into dentistry, eventually started doing orthodontics. But she realized very quickly she didn't want to do it for anybody else. She wanted to do it for herself. And so we discuss how she did her startup, but we kind of dive into more of like the personal development side of this. And I love this episode because I learned a lot talking to her. Two main things I learned is we need to forgive ourselves faster. And she goes way into detail on that and and what she means by that. And then the second thing is don't say things to yourself that you wouldn't say to others. Meaning we kind of need to love ourselves a little bit more, right? We need to be nicer to ourselves especially in the startup phase. I mean, I know we want to have a lot of things perfect and on point, but we're not perfect individuals. So she goes much more into detail on that. She also gives you guys advice on why you shouldn't live so close to your office. And then we dive into her business. We ask a little bit about her marketing, how many new patients she's collecting, some of the biggest struggles she's faced, and so much more. So guys, without further delay, here is Dr. Ella Osborne. Ella, how's it going? Very good. How are you? I'm really excited to be here. I'm, I'm super excited. This is my first time <laughs> ever talking to you, but it feels like I've known you for a long time. Like, we're like, stop. I've been listening. You're actually a big part of my starting up phase and you and the, the podcast you did with the monthly one with Ashley and then one, the one with Sleek with um, Paula and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 It's been a, it's been a journey, but other than that, we'll get into all that. But like, first, tell me a little bit about your past, your present. How did you get to where you are today? So I was born in Estonia. <laughs> um, I'm a first-generation immigrant. I'm Russian. Don't hold it against me right now. <laughs> There's some real stuff going on. Yeah. Um, but I don't, let's not do that. And I came to the States with my parents from Estonia when I was nine. You know, just like your regular kid. Um, found my way into dentistry. And then actually when I was young, I had a really transformational experience with orthodontia myself. I don't know if you know Russians, we're kind of serious, you know, like we're, we don't do a lot of smiling often. We kind of brood a lot and, you know, um, often intimidating, even when we're not trying to be. So, you know, I was this little kid, um, all serious, with dark hair, and um, I had a lot of crowding mm. and I had these, these, these canines, these things way up here. And you know, I spoke English and all of that, but you definitely feel different when, you know, you're, you're an immigrant and you live in a neighborhood where, you know, many families are well off and you don't like really fit in that yeah. well. And you're just, you don't want to smile. You don't want to talk because you really don't feel confident about, about your teeth. So I had braces with um, Dr. Brian Miller in Newton Center, like transform my life. You know, he just did his job really. Um, and he did it for me and like thousands of other people. But to me, it was just completely transformative. It was just like changed who I was at the time and then who I became because I started smiling. I, you know, I wasn't self-conscious when I was talking because, you know, everybody could see my teeth and the fact that they weren't straight and automatically made assumptions that like, you know, my parents didn't have money or this or that or whatever. So it just, you know, turned me from this like really serious kind of kid to somebody that was really more extroverted, more personable, more talkative, more confident, you know, all of those things. 
So when I found my way in dentistry, I really took a deep dive into what I want to do. And I had, I, I still have a sweet tooth, but I'd love candy when I was little. So I have my fair share of like fillings. I have, you know, one or two root canals. I got a couple of crabs, this and that. And so I thought what part of dentistry really made the biggest impact on me just forever. And it really was having a beautiful, functional smile that I love and that, you know, people would tell me over and over again, oh, your smile is so beautiful and it just makes you feel good. So that's really kind of why I ended up in, in orthodontics. And, you know, I went to dental school, I went to residency, I worked for a couple months for one orthodontist. And then almost as soon as I started working, I realized I wanted to do it for myself. I started working in July of 2017. And in October, I was calling up hello, <laughs> I'm looking for a location. This is what I want to do. Um, because I could just see also it was exploding. Like it was the right time to do it because of the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't necessarily the right time for me to do it in my career per se, because I really didn't have a lot of work experience or, um, you know, experience learning business or staff, so all of the other things that you never think about when you're just being clinical. But I was paranoid that someone was going to scoop me. I had to be the first one. And, um, you know, now we're here almost three years later. Not quite. You know, we've got a pandemic going on still. So it's been a journey. When you said paranoid that someone was going to scoop you, what do you mean? I wanted to be the seaport orthodontist. <laughs> the seaport orthodontist. And I went to seaportorthodontics.com and somebody had registered that domain. I mean, seaport, there's a seaport in New York. Yeah. There are other seaports, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I, it, that really kind of like lit a fire under my, under my butt because I thought someone else was, was doing it. And even if they didn't have a website, they were thinking about it enough to get the, the domain. Yeah. So that is the scoop because yeah. I wanted to be first. I wanted it to be the best. But in this opportunity where there was no competition, I didn't want to wait until there was competition. Even now, you know, as people come in and things like that, I already have like an established brand, you know, the Google reviews, the social media presence, the online presence, you know, all these things that really take years to cultivate are already there. So when competition comes in and it will, I'm not kind of at a significant disadvantage. Yeah. If let's just say you did that, you looked at it, seaport orthodontics, holy crap, somebody's going to scoop me. Somebody did. Would you have still started as as fast as you did? Or would you be like, all right, now I'm going to take some time in and, and really. If somebody had already opened while I was trying to open. Yeah. I don't know. I'm the kind of person that's like, you just tell me I can't do something and you just watch. But nobody was telling you you couldn't do it. People were telling you you can't. No, lots of people were telling me I couldn't do it. Oh, really? Or like, or like I shouldn't do it because the rent is obscene. Like it's really expensive here. Crazy expensive. You throw me a number and I'm going to tell you it's probably more. Can I ask how much it is? Yes. Is it like in the 10,000? That's... Shut up. Are you serious? 10K. I was just throwing a number out there. It was like, it was nine, but in the leases, it kind of goes up every year. So it's a dollar a square foot a year. And it's 2,000 some odd square feet. So it's crazy expensive. In a way, I was lucky to even get that. And even now, that's actually a deal because it's even more expensive now. Like significantly more expensive because it's just this, everybody wants to be in this neighborhood. 
you were thinking not to do it or what? I feel like what pushed you the most was like, I'm the first, I got to do this, right? That kind of put the blinders on. Mm -hmm. So if you would have, somebody else would have done it already, you would have been like, maybe I can shop around a little bit. If somebody was already established, if there wasn't this like vacuum, I probably would have worked for other people for longer or thought about going somewhere else or going into, like my practice is very different. Only adults. I think I have maybe one or two teenagers. They are kids of, of parents that are patients. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have a braces practice with a ton of teenagers, you know, clogging up my waiting room, playing video games and, and that sort of stuff. It's an adult only by design Invisalign practice, not only Invisalign, but primarily Invisalign. And that was by patient demand. So mm-hmm. I built it for your traditional kind of orthodontic setup with you know, chairs, some partitions, divisions for privacy. But like my thought was I was going to do like half braces, half half aligners, but it just didn't work out that way. It was really a blessing in a lot of ways, but it's not how I built it. I could have gone with a smaller space, way smaller. Like I have way more space than I need. It hurts, but this is, this is where we are <laughs> to be first. But okay. So and that's interesting. I think that's what like really attracted uh, me to, uh, just to reach out to you. But at the same time, I noticed it was, uh, I think there was a video that I saw where you weren't open yet, but how you were explaining your space. It was about like how it's for dentistry. I mean, it's for adults only. And I like it that. Was, that was a live that Ashley Gomes like inspired me to do. Because I, I walked, I walked to the office and I used to live really, really close. I still live close, but not this close. Like, do not live walking distance from your work. Do not live walking distance from your office. Everybody listening, create separation between your work and your home. Even if it's, you know, just a five minute drive, something. Because literally I could just walk in seven minutes, I'd be here. It was, it was terrible. But at any rate, I walked over and I was like, I'm going to do a live. I'm going to do a live. I'm going to talk about why I'm doing this. And it really is, you know, I need a better metaphor. But for now, what I use is this. Michael, do you eat pizza? Yeah. Do you go to Chuck E. Cheese? No. No. But if you want orthodontia, you have to go to Chuck E. Cheese. I like that metaphor. That's a good metaphor. <laughs> I like it. I'll, I'll work on the delivery. You know, you give me a yeah. joke. I am guaranteed to murder it. That's, that's like one of my, my superpowers. My superpowers. But yes. yeah, <laughs> joke, joke murdering, punchline yeah. uh, obliteration. <laughs> but it's really, it's really a shame that you know, a quarter of all orthodontic patients are adults now, more and more and more so. Mm-hmm. And there really aren't options for adults. Yeah. I don't want to hear screaming babies. I love children. I do so much, but that's not what I want in my life. Um, when I go and get a haircut or, you know, I don't go to the, the haircut, the barbershop where you sit in a high chair and they give you a lollipop because that's not it anymore. But like, for Invisalign, for aligners, for orthodontics, that's what you have to do. Ah, that's true. I like that. I like that a lot, that um, that mission statement and, and so far your brand. Really quick, if we rewind a little bit, when you started working in dentistry, you realized really quickly when you were at a, as an associate that you didn't want to, you didn't want to do it anymore. You wanted to do it for yourself, right? Yep. What, why? What was happening where you're like this? Um, there were too many things I couldn't control, but that I was felt responsible for. So... One thing I, I say to, to residents and, and things like that, people are just starting to work, is really separate yourself from the practice. 
And what do I mean by that? You don't have the control over like the appliances that are used. You have control over the type of appliances that you prescribe, but not where it comes from, not who makes it. You don't have control over your staff, you know, your team, the leadership, the culture. So actually on my Google page, this just hurts me. One of the first reviews ever was somebody that was unhappy with the experience they had at an associateship where everybody's miserable, including me. Um, and they said the doctor was rude and the team was unhappy and everyone was unhappy. And then in the comment I wrote, yeah, I know. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's why I opened my own practice. So if you really feel this way about that business, it'd probably be more productive to leave a comment for that business and not Wait. for me. Oh, okay, 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 okay. This yeah. is your Google. I thought you were going yeah. under the practices. Uh, yeah, no, I know. Not where I was working, but people um, oh. smiles. So like oh. if, you, if you scroll all the way to the very, very bottom, there's a, a one-star review saying like the doctor was rude and the team was unhappy and everyone was miserable. That's yeah. your practice right now or no? No, that was where I was associating. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. And, you know, schedules were crazy. Patients were unhappy. Parents were unhappy. You know, I have to stand in front of a parent and say, hey, I'm sorry. I just, we just spent 45 minutes trying to fit an appliance that is never going to fit because it's made like crap. Or the impression was done incorrectly. Or it was really a bottom line approach, totally sacrificing quality, patient care, and the culture and like the practice management style was just use snake oil to cover up all of the issues with your charm, basically. But then there was not even like an, you guys were so miserable that there was like no charm, right? It was like, ah. right, exactly. So it was really like the, the owner had this kind of skill and ability and, you know, they, they could kind of win you over and just like, they would talk and talk and talk and suddenly you agree to everything. Mm. And that's, you know, in a way I kind of envy those skills or, or, you know, kind of having that sort of charm, I guess, but it really just felt unethical and dishonest. Yeah. And I am honest to a fault. Um, that's like one of my shortcomings is I just can't lie. Yeah. <laughs> and often I will say it very bluntly and, you know, one of the things that I have cultivated in my practice is how to deliver news that isn't so palatable in a way that doesn't sting. You know, nobody benefits, but you still have to deliver the news in a way that the message isn't lost. But at any rate, I just, people were unhappy. You're, we're short-staffed all the time. People would show up late and things like that. And you're just, you're kind of screwed um, because you still have to show up and all the complaints go to you. Yeah. Even though there's nothing you can do about it. It's literally, it's not your business. So it was just what I could have done better is just separate the fact, like not take it all personally, not feel like I had to stand behind every single patient and every single appliance. But, you know, this is somebody's kid or this is, this is a person. Mm-hmm. And it just sucked. And every day it was like hectic and chaotic and miserable. And there was like never a moment. And I can still, actually, once I was on vacation, when I was building the practice during the build out, I was in Jamaica right before. Um, I left that associate chip and I heard somewhere, Dr. Osborne. That's not what I heard, right? This was, was on the beach in Jamaica, but I could just hear it always, Dr. Osborne, Dr. Osborne, Dr. Osborne. 
because there's like six assistants and a treatment coordinator and you're needed everywhere. And when it's, you know, set up like a mess, it's, it operates like a mess. Yeah. I can't even like have peace, <laughs> have peace of mind when you're out there. That's interesting. I wanted to ask, you said don't live walking distance from your office. Why? Because there's like always something to do. Always. And you just get stuck in here doing something. And then there's, there's no separation often. Um, when, when I first opened, because I hadn't worked for very long, because I hadn't worked in Boston. So mm. nobody knew me in Boston, like in Boston proper. And that's where I am, literally across the street from South Station, like near the financial district. I had no relationships. I had like, you know, no patience. Yeah, I, you know, I marketed and things like that, but a lot of it just takes time. Like SEO takes time. Putting out consistent context takes time. Uh, putting stuff on YouTube takes time. So like, you're not going to show up. Mm-hmm. And you don't have any reviews yet because you haven't any patience yet. So mm-hmm. you just kind of like get, get stuck here and it can be really hard. <laughs> Lonely, you mean? Or what do you mean? Like, um, you just like never feel like you're doing enough. Like there's always something that needs to be done. You know, should I be putting content out? Like, what didn't I do? Like, at first, before pre-pandemic, I was open from basically June 1st until the middle of March. I had no clinical assistant, right? So it was me and a receptionist. So a retainer needed to be made. I did it. I did, like, the sterilization. Um, I packed the instruments. I, you know, would maintain, like, the autoclave and whatever other litany of just, like, stuff that needs to be done. and know like this needs to be like not fixed because it's a brand new office but just like mm-hmm. little little stuff and you just kind of fall into this this hole of being here um at one point I was making my own aligners my lab fee was a lot and I was literally pressing retainers cutting them out polishing them um so that takes time like it all you know I was being the assistant and then you have to do notes and then you have to post payments to ledgers and you have to make sure that it's accurate and, you know, just all of that stuff. Yeah. So you just create distance. Like when you leave, you leave because then you leave and you're like, oh, I forgot this or I have to do this or and you're like, oh, I can just run back or, you know, you're growing your practice. So you want to be like as available as humanly possible. Like I did. I saw a patient once at 7 a.m. because she wanted to. Now said, we don't open until nine on Wednesdays. We'll see you at seven. Like, when do you want to come in? Great. 8.30? Okay. 8.30 p.m.? Okay, let's just come in because there's literally, phone didn't ring. Um, I mean, it did, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just quiet. And, you know, you spend all this time and effort trying to create this vision of a beautiful office and amazing experiences, and then there's nobody, right? It's like yeah. all this work to, to build it. You know, I remember listening to the podcast with Ashley when she was talking about like construction and tiles and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I thought that was the hard part. No, building out, it's easy. Once you've built it and you have like all of these expectations that like everything is just going to be magically happening straight away, even though you know that's not the case, it's still hard because it's really like deflating. It's kind of depressing, huh? Let's no, ask me not ask me no, no. question. I feel like <laughs> I actually I like this. I like this, Ella, because I 100% agree. Actually, with like, there's always something to do, right? Filling out the ledgers, doing cleaning. You're doing other things because you're like, I need to cut corners here and there. And you're like, oh my gosh, I should be marketing. I should be doing this, right? Like, there's never. When did you realize 
that? When did you realize you're, you, you were going into a hole? You're like, you're stuck. I pulled an all-nighter once here, organizing and cleaning and like putting things together. I don't remember what I did, um, but I was here all night once. And I would be here late, like many, many, many evenings. And my husband was like, what are you doing? Come home. And then you're here at the end of the day, you're tired. So it's like, you know, when you're not really that functional, but you're still trying to work and a task that should take you 10 minutes takes you three hours. Yeah. 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 You, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh-huh. And your brain is just like, and then you like open up social media. Like, I'm just going to, you know, take a little break. And like 45 minutes later, you're like, your brain is more fried because you just stared at a screen. It's, it's that. And, and suddenly you're just like, what, what am I doing? Yeah. How much did that affect your personal life? A lot. Cause yeah, like your husband would have to be like, dude, what the heck? Like, what are you really, at the, what are you, what's happening? Right. Yeah. And he knows that he'd be like, sweepy, come home. Did you leave yet? Dinner is ready. Are you walking home yet? It was tough. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I can understand why though, because like, I mean, rent's expensive, right? 10,000 and up. And then you want to pay your employees. You want to have that vision that you've had and you kind of, do you compare yourself a lot? Hello? Uh, I try not to. But of course I do. Like I see um, there's somebody who is, does really well on social. She's just funny and, and fun and personal. Her name is um, Courtney Berry, mm. Smile Pop. And she does like reels all the time and she's doing stories all the time. Um, and she's just funny. And I, I don't want to say like I low-key envy that, but I feel like she shows up in an amazing way and I wish I could do that. But I stopped really thinking that because I am who I am and I just need to show up in a way that's genuine to me. So, you know, and that actually makes it easier. What One thing I realized recently is I'm going through like a lot of personal growth type stuff. When you, have you ever been in a situation where you have like 17 emails that you need to reply to oh and you're just like, and then you blink and then it's 22. And then some of them are from like two weeks ago. And then, oh, shit, there's another one from like three weeks ago. Hey, just a friendly reminder, following them. And it just like creeps and creeps and creeps and creeps. And you're just, but you know what? As soon as you tell yourself that it's okay. Yeah, okay. You know what? There was an email from three weeks ago and I didn't respond. But it's okay. Like you're a human person. Everyone makes mistakes. Then it makes it a lot easier to do those things. Once you forgive yourself for procrastinating, for, you know, not doing things on someone else's timeline, then it's actually easier to do the tasks. You know, I'm not going to compare myself to somebody else that shows up in this incredible way that I wish I could do and I don't. I'm just going to do it how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it when I feel like doing it. Um, A lot of people I feel like are super regimented, you know, at 8 a.m. or 8.30, when it come in and I'm going to do a story and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that, like very kind of strict. It feels that way. I don't know if that's actually how it is, but for me, it's really random. Oh, I feel like doing a story. In fact, like, how are we not doing one now? Oh my God, this is my first interview. This is wild that like. <laughs> She's like, how are we not doing one now? What's up, everybody? Yeah. How's it going? There we go. Just kind of download that, save that for later. Anyway, um, but that's the way I do social media. And then my, I have a consult company, new patient group. Um, they do a lot of things. They redid my website. They, um, they come in, they do like training. They do like a Zoom training for like my treatment coordinator, the phone calls and things like that. Um, they do the actual posts. 
So we take photos, we do content around the office, we take patient testimonials, and then we just shoot it over to them. And then they package it and they post it to our platforms. Occasionally, like I'll do a post, but I'm not the one that's posting. Um, I don't always like love every single thing necessarily, but they're doing it. They're, they're show, I'm showing up and then I'm showing up organically on stories. And the point of social for me like especially Instagram truly is not to necessarily get new patients. Mm -hmm. It's great if they do, but it's more to stay connected with my current patients because the way my practice is set up with um, aligners and dental monitoring, they really like need to come in so infrequently, so Mm -hmm. infrequently. They come in like every three, four, five, six months sometimes. And if they want to feel like if they're on social media, they want to follow the office, then they can feel connected to like what's going on here and to me um, if they choose to do so. Yeah. And then I'm not like a stranger. God. So that's sort of how I've told myself the point of it is for me. And then they'll come in and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I just saw this or I just saw that or da 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 or last week you did this and that. Um, but it really is just random. When, when is it OK, Ella, to tell yourself, like, be better? Like, no, that's not okay. I, sh- I should have done that. Be better. When you're like, wow, if this had happened to me, I would be unhappy. Like, you know, because usually it's like a two-way interaction, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, if you were on the other side of that exchange and you had the, the experience that that, uh, that person had with you and you didn't like it, you wouldn't have liked it, then you have to be better. Yeah. Makes sense? Yeah. I understand in that scenario, but I mean mm-hmm. more like in the scenario of like, you know how where you're like, you're procrastinating, you're doing a lot of things. Maybe you're, you're like, I should have done this work. I should have done that or this. But you're telling yourself it's okay, which I 100% agree. But then where is it to the extreme where you're like, it's okay. I have 300 emails. Like, that's fine. You know what I mean? But like, where is it the point where you're like, I got to be better? You know, so at least in my mind, you know, once I have like emails piling up, I get stressed out about it. And the more stress that i allow it to create like the more anxiety that it I give it the least likely I am to do whatever I need to do honestly regardless of the consequence yeah but as soon as you forgive yourself for the fact that you have 20 emails that you need to reply to you're just like okay I'm just gonna do one and then another and then another that's the point it's just like forgive yourself faster don't be like oh my god okay I've got three it's okay oh and then this one is old it's giving you that little bit of pit in your stomach and then now you've got another one. Okay, so now you have two from that one person and they're still, and you're just like, oh, and you just let it get worse. Stop. You know what? You didn't reply. It's okay. Yeah. Reply now. Yeah, I really, really Forgive like Forgive yourself faster. Dude. Because you're human. I have a rule in my office. You're not allowed to say it about yourself if you wouldn't say it to a friend. Women, more so than men, do this a lot. And not all of my patients. But I have more female patients than male patients. And a lot of them are mid-20s, late-20s, early-30s, things like that. And I hear things like, oh, I'm so stupid. Or, oh, my God, I can't believe I did this. I'm such an idiot. And it's silly stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. literally silly things. I can't even think of them. You know, I left my hat at home where I'm just saying that because I'm looking at your hat. Or like I spilled coffee on my hat. And I'm like, God, I'm the worst person alive. Would you say that to your sister or to, to a friend, to somebody you care about? Will you have that reaction with somebody else or like, you know, once in a while, my treatment coordinator will like 
miss an email or like read really quickly and, you know, skip like three words that totally changes the the content of, of whatever it is she's reading. And I'm pulling this out of under the thin air because that's not necessarily the example, but yeah. little stuff. Because it's when you put like all this crazy stress on yourself to be perfect and then you fail because you're going to fail because nobody is perfect. The good things don't come from that. Mm. So be just as kind to yourself as you're going to be to other people. Forgive yourself faster because you're never going to be perfect. But if you get down on yourself for those imperfections always, then you're just going to create so much anxiety that you're going to get into a ball and never come out. I like that. That's really good. So like, because at the end of the day, do you ever feel at the end of the day, Ella, where you're just like, I did everything that I was supposed to do today. That's right. Never, ever, never, never. Where's my punch list? Like I have a punch list. No joke. I still haven't filed my quarter taxes. <laughs> I have it. I have it all organized and sent to my CPA and I might have to pay a little bit of money because he may or may not have to file an extension. And that's on me. And it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not great. I was definitely way more organized as a resident. Like really just everything was like anally tended. But then the more you do, the harder it is to keep everything organized, at least for me. I think that's just in general, like for everybody, yeah. right? Like the more you do, that's why you got to like prioritize or just yep. have a priority and then hierarchy from there, right? Like go, yeah. go lower, lower, lower. Man, this is really good. Okay. <laughs> I want to ask you like a couple of questions. I, yeah. um, as far as when it comes to your business, how many did you open? How many years have you been open? We opened June 1st, 2019. So it's been three years in June. In the middle of the pandemic, were you like, what the heck? Should I just close this down? No. Never? No, actually, I'm in the hole. Are you kidding me? I think I would have to, I would have to file for bankruptcy if I close it. Yeah. I was like, um, I personally guarantee the, the lease for a couple more years. That's the condition of the lease. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I have an SBA loan. I guess if you default on that, it's going to destroy your credit. Like, no. <laughs> as funny as it was, I took a course, like a day course, for my then receptionist to teach her more about like Invisalign and things like that because she had no dental background. And I saw a technology there called dental monitoring by uh, the ortho doctor that was there, David Wald, who was just so organized and so brilliant. I think his parents must be able to like accountants. <laughs> um, and his systems are tight and everything. Else. But I'm sure he has hiccups just like everybody else. But he has a system called dental monitoring and it is where you virtually, with AI and an app and little retractors, patients scan their teeth and you can see how their treatment is progressing. So in December of 2019, so literally just a few months before the pandemic, I onboarded this, this product and then I put a bunch of patients on it. And then every single patient that started thereafter was on this software. So I knew how everybody was doing clinically. So even though I was closed for six weeks, the only patients that were really affected were two patients that were in braces. Really? Yeah. It was unbelievable. And then the thing, the only thing that really I had to change in my systems is I started giving everybody all of their aligners on the, on the front end. And we actually have bags. For those of you listening, these are the bags that we give out to our patients. They have all their aligners in them. Um, and the start kit, the dental monitoring box, a little bag with like, you know, toothbrush and this, that, and the other thing, their chewies and so forth. It's like they were shopping because during the pandemic, I had to ship them to people because I would store them in the office. 
you pivoted, right? Like pivoted a little bit more and more. And is that what you're doing now the whole time? Like technically? Yep. Same thing. Patients come in, they get their attachments on. For those of you that like do liners and the line, things like that. And then the assistant places the attachments. We do the first scan with them. That's the, the assistant as well. And then every week they take a scan, they change their trays. If we see that there's something isn't going right, then we can message with them. We can circle pictures in the app to send to them just like, Hey, you know, you got a no-go, which means stay on the same liner. Here's the tooth that's kind of needs a little bit more time to, to work so we can point it out to them. And I think eventually DM dental monitoring, they'll have um, part of the software will be like teeth can just be outlined by the software so we don't have to manually do it. Dental monitoring, you said, right? Yeah. Life-changing. That is how I can have, I have a staff of two. Wow. For an office and assistant? or An assistant, yeah. Gotcha. So like, uh, because if you do all aligners, then it's just faster. It's kind of like a self-driving car. Yeah. You plan your trip. I haven't driven a self-driving, but you could drive and it drives you and then you watch just to make sure it, it all goes to plan. But you don't have to be driving. And with braces, you're driving because they're coming in once a month. You've got like all of these instruments that you need to deal with. It's just much more, it's analog. Yeah. Deficient. Very, very good. Awesome. I like that. Mm-hmm. So then... Right now, currently, how many new patients are you getting a month? And at the same time, like, what are you doing for marketing and advertising? So marketing and advertising, we don't do paid advertising, but we have videos that go out onto our YouTube channel on a pretty regular basis. And we just have social media that goes out. That's pretty much it. And that's where everybody finds you? Yeah. I mean, where do people find us? Google. Let's see, Google or dentist refers, and we're about like half and half, so to speak. I have like four or five like really consistent referrers, um, and they're great. So let's see, so February, we had 24 new patient exams. January, we've got also 24. Good. December, 25. It's about 25. Yeah. Um, and our close rate's about 63%. It's really good. That's really good, 63%. And then so then you said mainly it's half and half, right? Google and referrals. Yeah, pretty the people, The people who you... Word of mouth. So like um, patients refer patients. We have some of that as well, definitely. Some spouses and cousins and things. Those things take longer to build because, you know, it's they have a good experience and then they tell somebody, but they need to not necessarily finish their treatment, but, you know, they need to kind of be in your thing for a while. And then when they hear, oh, so, you know, I want, I want Invisalign. Oh, let me tell you about my awesome webinars. But that's not like a, that's not a pay-per-click situation. It really, it's all like, it's slow. <laughs> it's really slow. It's annoying. <laughs> but it's just, you know, you reap what you sow. So if you're going to throw money at pay-per-click, then you're going to get shoppers. People will show up. People won't show up. They're not really like invested in you and you're not investing in the marketing yeah right and you're just like, i'm just gonna throw money at it and see what happens and yeah. you know that's like spoiling your kid and giving them candy for dinner what do you think is going to happen when that, that person's an adult but it's easier to spoil your kid than to be really diligent with discipline and all that stuff yeah i like your metaphors you're pretty good every single one is really really on oh. point yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like i don't thank you so throughout, throughout this process one of the one of the last questions I kind of want to ask you is, I guess from the moment I, you decided to own your own practice to, today, what's been like the biggest struggle or fail or pitfall? One of them or all of them. Well, good stories always start with failures. HR. 
not being really specific and really diligent about HR things. And what I mean by HR, you know, yeah, I had a, a PO company that took care of it. I'm doing air quotes for me. You know, there's an office manual they sign that's pretty standard, but like not being, having a very specific outlined <laughs> procedural manual, but also time off requests, sick time. When does PTO start to accrue? You know, all of these questions that people want answers to, and rightfully so, this is their livelihood. Like, I think sometimes we forget that this is how people feed their families, you know, mm-hmm. and like this is how they have a roof over their head and how they pay for their internet and, and all of that. So like, you know, we're not just small business owners. We are responsible for the livelihood of people. They're also responsible for that livelihood as well because they have to show up and actually do the job. But I mean, I'll own up to it. It was really, oh, I'm so mean to myself sometimes. It was pretty lazy and disrespectful not to have that planned, like really diligently sorted and explained. Did you have, you said you hired a company to do that for you? Yeah. So they're the company that is, I got rid of them recently, uh, but they, uh, Oasis, Oasis, it's a paychex company. Oh. Um, they're a PO. Some one, one piece of advice, critical piece of advice to anybody thinking about starting up anything or just in life in general, do your own due diligence. Do not be like, oh, someone I know that's successful and has it together uses this company and I'm just going to trust them because they know what's up and use that company too. Because so many things are not what they seem. And just because it's the right decision for them doesn't mean it's the right decision for you. So like I did that with my software and then a year later I switched and it was expensive to switch, but I had to switch. Because, you know, everyone I knew used it and it worked fine. So I'm going to use it too. Do your own research. Don't be lazy and don't just trust what other people did and it works fine for them. Because maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but it doesn't mean it's going to work fine for you. Yeah, I feel like we do that a lot. We tend to like go on these Facebook groups and stuff like that. And we're like, everybody else is using them. Let me do them, right? And then we do it too, exactly. And then we do it and then we're like this. Is what is happening? Why is it working for everybody else? It's interesting. You know, and it's, it's, I mean, and I say this to, to patients and dentists. They're like, oh, I, you know, I, I don't wear the dentist because I don't like my dentist. A dentist is just like any other relationship you have. You don't marry the first person you go on a date with. You don't, you know, you get to know them for a while before you make a commitment. So if you're not vibing with somebody, you're not vibing with a hygienist, with a dentist, whatever, go to another one. <laughs> It doesn't mean you stop going to the dentist. And if you get divorced, you can get married again, right? Like, it's fine. Like, own up to your mistake and then cut your losses as quickly as possible. That's another thing people do sometimes is, oh, I don't want to be mean. You know, it's not nice. I don't want to do that. Listen, you got to do what's right for you. Um, If that relationship isn't working, terminate it in as professional and nice way as you can but that's what you need to do and do not drag it out because it's only more painful only more expensive just deal with it yeah i like that ella thank you so much for being on with us it was a pleasure but before we say goodbye can you tell our listeners where they can find you at seaportsmiles.com on instagram send me a dm instagram is kind of the primary way and we're on our website seaportsmiles.com but just dm me and if i don't respond dm me again because it goes into a funnel and then i'll see it and i'll be like hey what's up I might send you a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Ella. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. All that information is in the show notes below if you want to reach out to her. And Ella, thank you so much for being with us. Amazing. 
Thank you for having me. Thank you guys so much for tuning into that episode. And Ella, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We truly appreciate it. Uh, if you guys want to reach out to her, you can definitely go in the show notes below and find her contact links, her social media, her Instagram, follow her. And at the same time, reach out to her. Uh, she's going to be doing big, big things. She is doing big, big things. So I really appreciate her time. Um, thank you so much, Ella, for being on the podcast and letting us be nosy <laughs> and dive deeper in your life. Uh, guys, don't forget the three things. Download the 10,000 patient book, Tested and Proven Methods to Bring in New Patients this week. It's free. It's for you. I wrote it with you. We all wrote it, actually, the whole a lot of us with you in mind. Um, and at the same time, second thing is don't forget to join the Dental Marketer Society Facebook group. It's going to be the second link in the show notes below. And guys, I really want you guys to be a part of that community. Uh, everybody here who listens, I feel like we're all like one amazing, amazing family. So I, I want to see you guys. So make sure you join the Dental Marketer Society Facebook group. And third, go check out the Dental Marketer University. Um, I know I've kind of mentioned it here and there. We haven't really done an official official like grand opening for the Dental Marketer University, but you can go check it out. It's going to be the third link in the show notes below. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And I'll talk to you in the next episode.